Welcome to You Broke for Therapy, a podcast where there is no happiness in the world. And we sit down and talk life, love, and everything in between. Oh, I mean, we're not therapists. We're not therapists. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Uh, and this week we had on a great person, one of the one of the finest humans we know in life. Quite the antithesis to the notion that I just spilled. Probably one of the only reasons for happiness in this life. Just the guiding, the guiding light when I am down, when I am in the darkest place. There is a butt, a flicker in the distance, and it is Todd Foland. Todd the Bod. The Bod Foland. Beautiful. And beautiful uh, episode. I would probably say I put this up here as one of my favorites. Uh, we find out a lot about Todd, probably the oldest person we've had on the podcast. Not a negative. Not probably, definitely. Just, de- yeah, definitely need that, like, kind of life advice. Uh, it's cool to talk to somebody that um, I know super well, but, like, don't at Don't, the same exactly. We work with them. So, like, the thing with coworkers is that you are super close, but it's in a certain context. This was great so that we could get the broader... The broader totter. The broader totter. Yeah, exactly. The Tottessy. The Tottessy. We, we yes. definitely entered the Tottessy. The Tottessy is something we go I've, on a journey. I've wanted to know. You know, it's it's we've fought a cyclops. We uh, saw the sirens. Um, we've no. We couple. were not tempted. Well, we were, maybe, maybe Trevor maybe, was. Maybe, uh, maybe I, I was. look. I looked. I looked at him. Um, and yeah, it was a splendid time. You know, it's kind of someone. Everyone that we kind of talked to is like, oh, I went to high school, I went to college, and now I'm here. But this is like a, someone with real life advice. That's lived a life that we're in the same place, but not in the same place. Exactly. As. And I think that that was uh, something that we both really needed, just to get like kind of a different uh, perspective on life. He's been in San Francisco for so long, twenty years. Yeah, and it was uh, interesting. Which is to see. crazy to us as people that have you've been here for three. I've been here for not even one. It's. Wild to get that perspective. Exactly. Um, and, like, really watching this place, like, kind of go over the humps that it has over the past couple of years. And we dive into that. We dive into some uh, stuff to get to know Todd a little bit better. We do Type 5 on some real shit. We go – we do the full Monty. We do. This is probably going to be a longer episode, and I'm happier for it. I think it's all of great. it should be listened to. Yeah. This is – I absolutely love it. I think uh, yeah. we get real, we get down. Not to diminish any other guests that we've had, this is definitely one of my favorite episodes I've ever, at least in the recording process, exactly have ever been a part of. And we're super glad that you guys are listening. Uh, you can always submit questions for us to answer at the end of the show at twobrokefortherapy.com slash submit. You can find that on both of our Twitters, uh, the Instagram as well, and you can follow the podcast at TBFT Podcast. Um, and yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Trevor... And I have both uh, had an up and down week. Um, some Mostly of us, down. Yeah, some of us got better news today than others. But if we could do one thing, we're always going to try to stay a little bit optimistic. That's my goal for 2017 is That's to try to be happier. Too. It's hard, but it's oh, it's not it's easy. My, yeah. I can I can agree. And um, just shouts out to everybody that listens to this. You know, uh, we got a lot of love last week, and we really would just thrive and really care a lot. We would just thrive and really. Uh, we would really love it if you guys sent questions. So twobrokefortherapy.com slash submit. I'm not really going to say a lot more than that, but I just want to say one thing, which is we love you all. Thank you for listening and supporting us. 2017 is going to be sick. The Brothers Armona, what an episode. Great. Great and stuff. We're going to follow it up with something even better. Next week, we're going to have uh, a cool guest, someone Trevor doesn't know, but which I know. Is, I think 
good for the dynamic of the show, for, for sure. For sure, for sure. And I know uh, well, but not super well, so it's going to be great. And uh, going to bring a lot of energy next week, and I, I'm really looking forward to that episode as well. So get your questions in, guys. Um, I love you all. I know Trevor feels the same way. I may not show it. You may not show it. He, bit, he, he you, barely might not even say You it. may follow me on Twitter and see uh, me wishing that I never would ever wake up again. But uh, I'm here to do this show. Yo, Loki, I was I'm talking, I was talking to um, a friend of mine uh, about our favorite drugs. And uh, sleep is sleep is it. <laughs> like, Yeah, that's like my... My favorite hallucinogenic drug is sleep. My favorite um, anything is sleep. So yeah, super stoked to have Todd on. Can't wait to get into the episode. We're just going to kind of dive into it on this end. Uh, we love you guys. Submit questions. Do all the stuff that we just said. Um, and now we're just repeating at this point. But one more thing that I want to repeat is stay to the end of the episode for our boy, the taco boy, the producer, the man, the myth, the legend, Xanderwave, Sam Barnard. This mix at the end. You can always follow him at SoundCloud at Xanderwave, X-A-N-D-E-R W-A-V-E. W-A-V-E. W-A-V-E-S. What is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. You can always follow him at Xanderwave, X-A-N-D-E-R dot W-A-V, like the file. Like the wave file, and you can just type that into uh, Google slash SoundCloud, or go on SoundCloud and type it in. It will pop up all the old mixes from the podcast, new mixes, everything. That guy's working hard. We're all working hard. We're trying to move out. Uh, so, yeah, we're grinding out here. I hope you guys do the same. Keep pushing forward, and, yeah, let's dive into this episode, Trevor. Stay positive, guys. Positive mental attitude. I get high on my own, sir. Heard you gon' clone, sir. Stop all that fessing. Y'all nigga don't wanna go there. Never been a gopher, but I always been a soldier. Young niggas in the cut, posted like a vulture. Diving off the stage in the crowd, it's a mosh pit. Yeah, shout it bad, but she broke and she don't own shit. Mama asked me, son, when the trapping gone quit. Riding round through the city in my new bitch. Young nigga poppin' with a pocket full of cottage. Hey. Whoa, chemo, sabe, chopper, aim it at your noggin. Hey. Had to call the addict, then the chopper had to chop it. Niggas pocket watchin', so I gotta keep the pocket. Mormonism. I'm the Mormon whisperer. He I, is. I'm not. No, a, but that's exactly. a question. I, Yo, I've no. met the only interactions with Mormon people I've ever had have all been through Steven. This dude, I don't know why. has He's the Mormon whisperer. He's the Mormon whisperer <laughs> of Huntington Beach, California. I met this dude there are my senior no, 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 year of no, no, high school. I had no idea there was even a Mormon enclave in Huntington Beach until I met this guy. And yeah. then I realized how deep it ran. They are all the most rich motherfuckers that you have ever met. I don't even know, dude. Like, it's a whole other side of the city I've never been from. I was from the poorer side of town. Well, not saying Stephen was rich, but he went to Huntington Beach Beach High School School. where all the rich people went. Hey, you guys have the harbor. Um... Yeah, we don't have no har- Harvard kids went elsewhere. Went to they went to Los Al, yeah, and they uh, went to Huntington, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, in high school, I never like smoked, I never drank, like I didn't do anything, and it was because I was around Mormon people all the time, and I'm like thankful for that because that kind of helped me like go through high school and find myself without like feeling the true social like pressure of like let's go to a party and get fucked up. Like I never 
have yeah. still to this day only maybe blacked out twice, and one of those is because of our work <laughs> holiday party, which Shit. is coming up. Um, um, I, mean, I yeah. mean, the fact that you say I've only blacked out twice is pretty. <laughs> yeah, I've blacked out a lot <laughs> yeah. more than twice, and <laughs> <laughs> very <laughs> recently. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can you count how many times you've blacked out? I haven't blacked out ever. Really? What? No. Yeah. Okay. Good. That's why I'm saying that. I think it's yeah, that's funny crazy. Thing. I've only blacked out twice. I've, and I've been down a K hole, but I haven't blacked out. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, I'm yes. trying to see that K hole, baby. Um, yeah. yeah, I just like grew up around him, and I liked kind of you know being the bad boy that all the women liked because I wasn't Mormon. Right. And I was that's very the thing. left in my like ideals and stuff like that in high school, and you know I was just like a non-Mormon, non-rich kid that girls thought that they can fix. It's but yeah, Mormons were chill, and you know Mormons I went chill. and like I kind of like had my last Mormon experience at my best friend's uh, like wedding. One of my best friends had like a wedding. It was a Mormon festivity, and like that's kind of like Mormon fest. It literally was. It was well, like a convention. I mean, it's a Mormon getting married. Yeah, therefore. it was like it was like slash. It was like Mormon wedding slash like GOP gathering, like sure, a lot of yeah, like tea party more. dudes, <laughs> like you know there, and it was like you know before the election and anything like that, and like I showed up wearing like my Bernie hat to one of the like get-togethers, and they were like, "You already lost." And I Can was I like, yeah. just uh, pause this because I'm a great singer. You're a great singer. You no, know, I I'm used not. to. My mom used to say I had a beautiful voice, and then when I came into my own, I really I lost you're gonna it. say something else. Oh, beautiful what? Penis? Know. My no. mother said that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I came out of her room. She was like, let me check that baby out. <laughs> all, over, all over the Don't place. Worry. It's like not. It. That was like my it. first memory. Sure. I came out of Yo, the room. I do know. I know. I know my exact first memory. I was like three years old. My mom was running down PCH, like Sunset Beach, and I was in the stroller. And I remember hating it and wishing I was back at home. <laughs> That's my very first memory. Wishing you and were back home? Wishing I was back at home. That, I feel like, has set the stage for the rest of my entire fucking life. <laughs> I ate a penny. Literally. I ate a penny when I was, like, three or four. I swallowed it. Had to go to the hospital. My mother's, like, hospital that she worked at. And, you know, they had to basically, like, extract the penny from my esophagus. And the doctor looks me in the eyes, like, right after it had happened. And my first memory is a man saying to me, Abraham Lincoln almost killed you. I, I was what? afraid of Abraham impersonators what? What? all the time. Slavery. What's your origin story, Todd? <laughs> well, I think we've got um, a couple of great ones on, on deck already. The uh, <laughs> I have three younger sisters. They were always sticking shit up their nose. Oh, so really? So it was like wads of paper, red hot. Oh, uh, wow. Like, like juvenile shit? Stuff. Yeah. yeah. I didn't great. stick shit up my nose until I was 22. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was a late bloomer, too. That was a great time. <laughs> No, but they were always—they were always the ones to have uh, farting and br- a belching contest too, oh, and I oh. would never do it out loud. Okay. Wow! <laughs> you had to keep, keep it until contained. later in life as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the audible—the audible gas. Yo, I still—I will maintain in even my longest relationship, I never farted or even really <laughs> pooped in front of her. I think that's the thing when we when I hit like twenty two, twenty three. That's when that kind of became like more common. Like I think that's yeah. I've said no. this on the podcast before. I think you. Straight up telling your significant other, I've got to go take a shit, is almost more important in a relationship than telling them I love them. Yo, it is. It, honestly, it <laughs> – I don't know whether I should ask my question now, though. <laughs> no, ask yeah, it. Ask please, it. baby. I mean, right now? Have you ever – well, I don't know. Yeah. But, hey, hey, hey I love it. It's free form, it. baby. It's like jazz. So have you ever been in the moment and uh, been all in flagrante? Yeah. And, uh, um, sorry. Past yeah. And Miriam yeah. Webster that. Yeah, when somebody else is down there. Um, uh, down there? Down there, no. No, I'm usually so just tight about the whole situation. Right. And I'm just like, nothing <laughs> but, like, is happening. I have spent, like, with the girl that I've been recently involved with, I've definitely 
held in a fart the entire <laughs> night until the morning. So she would like leave for work pretty early, and then she'd just let me like sleep in her room for an extra couple of hours, and then just walk to Bart. And I would save my fart from <laughs> the night before until she left, and then I would just Your mama let raised it go you right. in her fucking bed, all over the place. No regard for anything, but no I would fucking you. hold it until <laughs> she left. Because that was your that was your your payoff. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, among it's like, others, it's like it's like, um, it's like sting with tan- tantric sex or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, when I let it out, it's gonna feel good. <laughs> oh. See, for me, I'm going to sneak around like, oh, if I have to let one out, I'm like, and I'll just like <laughs> I'll go, go around the corner. And just I'll go around the corner and like, be like, oh, sorry, I got to tie my shoe. And I'll go down and then I'll be like a quick walk away. Like, I'm, I'm, usually, I'm usually out of it. But oh, if I, yeah. I pee a lot, so that kind of like lets right. me go through that cycle. Right. Um, you're going to San Jose after this, right? Tonight? I'm going to San Jose in a couple of hours, yeah. For a Smash? For a Smash tournament, yeah. It's uh, Genesis uh, 4. Basically, Genesis is the beginning of this season because it's the first major tournament of the year. But it's also, like, honestly, one of the most important uh Smash. Smash events of all time. That uh, So I play this video game, Todd, that's been out since <laughs> 2001. There's been a competitive, like, sports-like scene around uh, the people that are super good at it for basically since, since that then, long. Yeah. But uh, in the past couple of years, it's been blowing up, and I'm uh, definitely a part of the new adapters of it. But um, I, I do this thing where I... I before I moved up here, like, every single weekend, me and my friends would play this game. We'd go to tournaments, like, local tournaments, and just, like, play against each other and stuff. So this is, like – it's also – this is a major, which is which maybe there's six really important ones throughout the entire year, if that. Um, and this is, like, the, the most storied, like, That's tournament impressive. series of the – because there's – so each, like – it's it's there's no like circuit or anything, so yeah. it's just like independent people. It's all grassroots, right? Yep. So this is the big California one. There's one in Michigan, which is probably the second biggest, called the Big House, which uh-huh. is on its seventh installment this year. So like That's things exciting. are super crazy. Um, so it, many different people and like yeah. stuff like that from walks of life play this video game. Right, it's actually kind of so, crazy. And like, it's like this is my first national like major tournament. So this is going to be like all the top players from around the world. All the not top players from around the world are still going to be there. The, turn, the venue is open 24 hours, both Friday and Saturday, wow. just f- so people can get practice in. Have you guys like, met each other before? Um, the people that I primarily – that got me into the game, the reason why I play it is more of a sentimental thing. I love the connections with people mm-hmm. that I've made through this game and blah, 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 blah. And that's who he's going to go see And they're weekend. coming up for this tournament series, and then that's we're awesome. staying in a hotel. So it's like – it's going to be – it's gonna be super fun. I'm gonna have a lot of That's thankfully right distractions, now. which is exactly what I need right now, right before school starts. Yeah, everything. and, and um, uh, you know it's crazy because I've known Trevor for so long that like he used to like fear competition almost. Like he once we invited him to play pickup basketball. Yeah, and like I it was five on five, and he comes up to me, he's like, "I can't fucking handle this. I'm leaving." <laughs> I and, left. And, and I left. He left. left. The same way with competition. Yeah. So uh, granted, I also have never played basketball a day. <laughs> yeah, in my life, so <laughs> but in front of all these fucking like <laughs> kids that have at least. At least understand the rules yeah, of no. basketball. I couldn't hang at all. But it's cool that like, like now seeing that people 
especially around Trevor in this community and Trevor, like they're really a and lot we like get fucking competitive. We get, I I are, love the uh, the sort of personality that I'm able to adapt in Smash. I'm it's like is it's, it a role playing game. It's not role playing. It's a it's fighting, fighting game. game. Okay. So it's one on one, and it's I'm better than All you. Nintendo characters. I fucking win, and I'm better than you. I. When you win in this game, it's because you fucking outplayed the other person and you were smarter than them and you saw what they wanted to do and all of that. It's it's like it lets me adapt this whole like I never had like I never gone into yeah. sports or anything. So it lets me have this sort of I can talk shit and then I can like back it up and like I can I can adapt this other persona sort of that's m- bigger than you know, my yeah. average me, who's and it's very timid, sort of. Yeah, and, and it's very cool to see because, emotional. like, all the stuff, yeah. like, all the people that play this game are, like, nerds and, like, no, dis- yeah. I am no, one. No, trust but, me. But, like, we literally played a couple weeks ago when we were back home with a lot of Trevor's friends. And, you know, at the end of the night. The people that are, like, super good. Super right? good. Yeah. And, like, at the end of the night, people have to, like, you know, pack up their shit and they bring huge CRTVs. Oh, wow. We have wow. to carry the big, fat, old school TVs from yeah. 2001. So there's no, <laughs> like, like, input oh, right, lag. Yeah. Like, and we hand it off to one of these kids to, like, carry it to the car, and he couldn't make it 10 feet because these are – that's, like, how that's weak how some of the – That's how fat these fucking yeah, TVs yeah, yeah, are. And right. also how weak the, the people playing this yeah, game. So, exactly. like, gives the, like, people that never really had, like – their dads were never, like, go play sports, go play sports right. or anything. Like, it gives them that sense of, like, competition. No, and it, and, and it, it's, like – it can get fucking it's heated. It's mental, dude, for sure. It sets you up. Like, it's taught me a lot how to accept failure, how to uh, improve my mentality and stuff like that. Like – Sure, like in the moment, it's be- so I can be better at this game. But it it definitely helps me out in real life uh, too. It definitely. But helps. this is a two broke for therapy, a podcast where we are not therapists, and we gather each and every week to talk life, love, and everything in between. And this week we have on a very special guest, someone that means a lot to both of us. I honestly think the only reason why I still work at the place <laughs> that I work at right now. If Steven, if you left Workshop, I would stick around. But if Todd, <laughs> the bod fallen left, I'd what? be gone in a fucking second. So we're sitting down. Are you serious? I mean it. With that entity, he did say that to me a couple of days ago and it kind of made me feel sour. But I, <laughs> but I get it. That's no, no, the thing. Because no. we're best friends. Yeah. I'll see you outside of this job. But once yeah. Todd leaves, who fucking knows? You yeah, know, yeah, this yeah. is my the reason why I because I never work with you yeah. at the same time. I work with Todd almost every night when I close. So that also okay. and that and that kind of brings uh, us to like why I like to have Todd on the episode. First we have off, first Todd. Off, Todd. Say hello, <laughs> Todd the Bod hey. Folland. Hey, hey guys, how's it going? Uh, how's welcome it going? to the podcast. Thank uh, you. Welcome, glad to welcome. have you on. You know, I hope it's not the first <laughs> time. It's uh, we are literally it is at the first our, time. It hope it's not the last. It's not the last time. Right. Um, but we're literally at our work right now in a little private conference room having a conversation, and you know that kind of brings me to why I wanted to have you on. Is you're kind of like. A weird father figure in a way where, like, we know you and we know you well, but we really don't know you. We don't know you before. You know, for us, it's easy to wrap up. Like, we graduated high school, we went to college, and now we're fucking here. For you, it's like, you know, how did you get to this point? I want to get into that. We have some uh, segments that we'll do, and then we'll dive into that. But uh, I want to be able to get to know you a little bit better, and I know Trevor wants to do the same. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you for being Me here. Thank, Thank you, you so much. We've, uh, we've talked about having you on for a very long yeah, time. Since, since before I was even a part of this podcast. Yeah, you were so I've that been I been saying, like, you need Todd on there. And then oh I became gosh, a part of guys. it. Yeah. I, not to, you've got, you know. You're a great storyteller. No, you've got I, a great I, voice. Well, and, you know, I, the same back at both of you, yeah. I, honestly. 
I mean, when I came to work here and met both of you guys, I've never been to a place or worked at a place that I felt more appreciated or more of a connection with the people that I was working with. And I really care about each and every person I work with here. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about the workspaces, really. Whatever, yes. It's, this <laughs> is the space. It's like going to church. Yeah. You know, it, yes. there's that building that's called church, and then there's the good stuff, right? Right. Um, well, I don't, I, I've actually never been to church a day in my life. I'll tell right. you that. I've been to Mormon church. church too, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I've been I've been to Mormon church. I've been to Christian church. <laughs> I'll tell you, those uh, Mormons are, uh, while they're conservative, they also have some of the cruisiest bathrooms <laughs> on campus. <laughs> like yeah, see, you spent some time in Salt Lake I City. I did, Salt Lake City. Provo? And, uh, Provo, Utah, yep. I, I know all about that. Utah. I don't know nothing about yes. nothing, guys. So, you know, you can't drink caffeine. They don't. You can't smoke cigarettes. I mean, very repressed, right? But you walk into the <laughs> guy's bathroom in, and, uh, in uh, what is it, Brigham Young yeah, University? Yeah, BYU. BYU. It's the cruisiest spot I've been in in a long time. It made me feel uncomfortable. You, you define <laughs> cruisy for us. Define for cruisy. Cruisy, well, I don't know. I, I could define cru- it, but I'd, I'd rather have you define I'd it. I'd love Todd to do it. Yes. Oh, have I ever cruised anyone? <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, find out. Well, yeah, with the guy I'm with now for 17 years. Yeah, That's yeah. I would call that cruising. And I, but that was a, that was also the culmination of a year that I said I was going to make the opposite decisions that I would might normally make. So if I was going out and saying, "Oh, I'm not going to go out and dance tonight because I'm just not a good dancer," I said, "No, I'm going to go out to dance dance tonight. I'm going to meet some people because yeah. that's hard for me to do." I think that's the thing. Me and Stephen have a lot. Yeah, we, a very well. Yeah. Steve, I think more recently than me, but we we love to go out, and when we do, we fucking dance. And <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like a struggle sometimes to be like, oh, like oh, I, you know, it's I'm a, just this like weird, especially since we're straight, and it's like even less. I feel like encouraged for us to just like really go, go really for go it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. dance yeah. and just like not be able to, but just like do it at like. And we dance. It's and we, really f- we fucking dance. That's we great. express ourselves. We oh. don't dance to look cool. We dance to express we, ourselves. Exactly. One, I, a million percent. And mostly for ourselves, which is pretty freeing, <laughs> I think. That's so important. It, I, right. My partner would go out every night of the week if he could. <laughs> and what I would do some nights would I would just go with him just so I could watch him. Because <laughs> he's so – just let himself go. Exactly. It's like almost like taking a hallucinogenic drug. It's like With, it's just like yeah. beats and my feet. Yeah. That's all I want. Yeah. yeah. And I can spin around. Very anima- yeah, very, you know, a lot of animation with my hands and stuff. Yeah. I'm just – I still rock. I'm very uh, – I've always been, I think, very uh, good with beats and stuff yeah. like that, rhythm and stuff. So, like, I have that foundation, and then it's yeah. just from there, you know, you just feel that. Mm-hmm. You just lose yourself, and it's a great fucking time. I wish that I discovered this a lot sooner in my life. Me too. I think that that's like – Being like a young the punk that rocker there, where that was, like, thing. discouraged, right? <laughs> really? Like, no. I feel like I'm yeah, – you nod your head, and people – Mosh, but that's different. It's and moshing is, yeah. it's, it's I've never aggressive. moshed. You've never uh, moshed? You've never I've moshed. You've never <laughs> lived, oh, man. Baby. I'll take you to a skull show, give you a, a light introduction. <laughs> it's just a one big moshing circle, but everyone's just like moving and like. And they this, love it. Uh, yeah, yeah uh-huh. I love it. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's get into uh, our segments and then we'll dive into Todd. Sure, sure. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, let's dive. That sounds baby. interesting. So the first one is on some real shit. This week, I am going to start. Um, I've been really. Ticked off, you know. The past couple days, uh, Todd. If you don't know this part of the podcast, this is where we kind of sit down, kind of relieve our stressors or anything that we've kind of been peeved by in the week. You know, it could be something large, it could be something very small. Mine is a very small one. I will preface this by saying, "Women, keep doing you. I love you all." 
I will now say <laughs> what I'm about to say negatively about women. <laughs> hey. I went into a local establishment, and I was like, wow, this girl's, like, very cute, you know? She's, like, kind of vibing me. I'm in, having a good conversation. She's wearing an Adidas hat, an Adidas jacket, Adidas pants. Ideal. Nike shoes. Whoa. How? You gonna come at me like I need some balance. If you're gonna wrap a brand head, it's gotta be head to toe, not head to ankle. You don't cut it off hard there. No, 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 no. You spend a whole like hundred twenty dollars on a jumpsuit, thirty on a hat, at least complete the outfit. That's that's Steven's project runway opinion talk, whatever, but I'm still peeved. (laughs) I go to like not closing the deal, right? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's it's like not it's having the talk about the deal, but never deciding whether or not to go through with it right. or not. Yeah, right. and she was behind the counter the whole time, but she and, made but one pop. Know, or, she made one pop around, and then I lost it. It was like I was like, now I have to get out of here. Wow. Sure. Like I can't even keep it balanced. Um, has anything been pissing uh, or upsetting you guys um, on some real shit? Don't ever get your hopes up. up. There's no such thing as happiness. <laughs> oh my gosh. Whoa. I think. Um, I think for you and your situation, it isn't exactly dead. Your boy just got dumped. But I don't think it is official until you have an in-person conversation. No, I know. And we're going to have that. But right now, I – It's hard to be optimistic, and I understand that. It's hard to be optimistic. It's hard. It's like I've been worrying – I even – I literally told Todd last night – as we were closing, I was talking about me being, like, sad about other aspects of my life. And I was like, well, on the bright side, I do have this burgeoning relationship <laughs> that is helping me feel better. But I'm already afraid about when it's going to be over. But it's Little did I know I kind of wished that into existence. And I woke up to a text message today basically telling me about okay, stop. how it's over. A text message? Like, can we all yeah, just yeah, say yeah, that's yeah. a pet peeve? It's a, it's a pet peeve, and that's why you have to have that conversation. Because and I we will, like, and we're going to. Yeah, and I think people can rush into things on text. Like, you know, I know this person pretty well that Trevor's been with, and I think that it come, it takes a lot for her to even invest in a relationship, and I think that can kind of get in her head about, like, her thought process about mm-hmm. it. And she's someone who's very stern, but I think that just the feelings that I've saw them give each other over the course of them dating, like, might even have set her mind off in a sense of like, oh my gosh, like I haven't felt like this in a while, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And that can kind of be confusing. That can be scary. And especially like this early on, I don't necessarily think it's over because I think it's more of just like a we've both got to talk and figure out what we want out no, of this. No, I mean, and it's fair. We There's a pretty major age difference, yeah. I would say, that affects things for sure. It's just the dynamic where I'm in my life and where they are in their life and whatever. I'm not mad at them. At all. I completely understand. It's kind of what I've been afraid of since the beginning. That's like what I was ta- – me and Trevor talked about this the other week is like we're afraid to even like start like liking somebody because we are afraid. We From the moment I start dating someone, I'm like I – I'm ready for it to for be it over. To end. Like it is going to suck when it ends. Right. And it's – I've never had a relationship over a year. And that's a big thing for me is like I've never made it to that year nut. Uh, I fucking have and boy, does it get worse after that. Well, see, Todd's been – how long have you been 17 with – 17 years. Yeah. So, like, how long – how do you even do that, dude? <laughs> well, I think uh, – this one's different. My very first relationship was seven years. Okay. Um, Still crazy That's me. a long time. That's a long um, time. And I won't even go into some of the craziness that was in that relationship because there there were factors that really weighed on it. Um, but this is back in the 80s, so you yeah. can imagine. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Todd, Todd, I'm okay though. How, but, uh, how old are you, just for the listeners? For the listeners, I'm 52. Woo! Oh. The oldest. You that's are. Now that's going to give everybody this picture in their mind. No, but I'm not no, the no. We'll have a picture with you. You better fucking believe we're taking yeah. a picture. So with you. we're gonna. Yeah, good. Um, so yeah, so 17 years. Uh, I did have a couple other relationships that were a little bit longer term, but this one has worked for so long because in the beginning I said this is only going to fly. And the longevity is going to be there if we celebrate our differences. Yeah. And we do that. And the times that we're having problems is when we're so much alike. And if wow. so I'm convinced that if you embrace those differences and embrace the fear that everybody's having, that's what's going to give you the long term. Interesting. I like that outlook. And I love your subtle pun saying convinced. Yeah. <laughs> Vince. Shout out to Vince, baby. Yes, that's Vince. Um, and anything, Trevor, first off, um, we'll get an update on this in a week, you know, on the podcast. And we'll see where you're at. But just know, I hope, I know it's very hard to stay optimistic. Yeah. But from your best friend, keep your head up. See how this rolls out. It will play out. You're going to have no. a great weekend. Hopefully you don't get knocked out early in Smash. Oh, I will. That's the thing. Well, no, that's actually like... The fact what? that it's so big of a tournament that there might – because California is a pretty stacked region. So just from being from here, I'm better than maybe even like one of the top ten players in like Minnesota or something yeah. <laughs> just because I play with people from Southern California because it's a game you have to play in person with people, right? So it's definitely no, regionally based. I might beat a ton of people at the tournament well, just well, because I'm I from California. So. You just let that rage And I want you. just – exactly. Like oh, no, 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 no. You don't understand. <laughs> Lord, I love it. I – I've been, like, s- depressed the past week. Now I have a real reason. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just going to use that to fucking grind to and smash. smash. I okay. will play this fucking game with all of my heart because I don't have a heart in anything else anymore. <laughs> 21. This is what I really love about you. And I we were searching for something last not that <laughs> searching for something to love no, last night. But, no, but we, we were searching we for some, uh, some ideas last night about yes. reasons for being and reasons for wanting to go on and, and that kind of stuff. And what I'm suddenly hit me just now is that there are so many people out in the world these days that can't feel anything or they're in that mild river of misery where they think they're happy, but they're not sure. And they think they might be having a bad day, but they're not really sure you are living life and feeling things. And to see you light That's up about I this do. game, all I can mm-hmm. do is feel <laughs> That's- the fact that you can feel emotions is a great thing. So don't ever think that that's a negative thing. That's why we're like we call our friend group kind of like the sad boys is because we we're an we emotional think, bunch. We're an emotional bunch. We think a lot. We feel for others and ourselves. And I think that I don't know. As a woman, it could be weary to be like, oh, I'm dating a guy who associates himself be, being called a sad boy. But like, there's so many other males in the straight men like kind of sorry like, in the like straight men kind of pool that like we're like the least aggressive least like douchebaggery kind of dudes like we literally just like care about other people and that would be attractive to me i mean that's like but like that's like that sort of thing that stops us i feel like from meeting people we're too timid to like but we've been getting out of that shell a lot sure yeah exactly and And it's definitely something to work on we've been working on and i think we've been working on super well in a healthy way for sure and be kind to yourselves everything in its time it's hard to do that todd <laughs> we're still. That's we're why I'm I hate it. myself. That's it's hard I'm to be kind it. to somebody that I. I just am feel like I don't happy know with. myself yet. Like I'm excited to like hit 30 and then be like, all right, fuck, this is me. That's exactly <laughs> what happens. Yeah, yeah. Your 20s is supposed to be like this. You're supposed to be confused. You're supposed to be experimenting. You're supposed to be trying all these different things and not sure where it's going and being anxious about it. When you hit 30, 
that's when people expect you to have it a little bit more together. (laughs) And you probably will. Yeah. Because you've let yourself experiment in your 20s. And you, like, know yourself. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like from And it's all okay. Yeah, exactly. No, no, totally fine. Like, from where I'm at, from where I was in high school to now is, like, such a growth. And, like, where I think I could be in six years when I am 30 is, like, going to be crazy for me as well. Todd, yes. what has been bugging you? Can you give us your own some real shit? Is there anything? Is there any? I mean, there's a lot of things that do bug you, but is there <laughs> really something that one is thing just like an overall complaint, like or even like you know an interaction, big or had? small? Anything? First thing that pops into your mind, really, I think, is the best. I think the first thing it's kind of big. Okay, uh, that's perfect. <laughs> it's kind of. <clears throat> I think my experience in general over the last few years has been there the the sort of deficit of selflessness. Okay. I come from the foundation world. I had a foundation job for twenty years, and what's what is that? Selfless even? meaning that you he know, worked for a foundation. For yeah, really, uh, that you are more interested in the greater good as opposed to yourself. First. You tell me, no. you're a communist? <laughs> I'm just kidding. A communist? No. 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 <laughs> just being able to put yourself aside and your needs aside. Smash the state, anarchy, uh, baby. Yeah, I think people, you know, could be a little bit more selfless. I try to be, you know, even in my relationships and stuff, if they have, like, a close group of friends, I try to be as accommodating to them of, like, if you need something or, like, oh, she's too drunk, oh, I'll pay for her Uber home or anything like that. Just, like, I like to help people a lot. I know a lot of people that I've been with in my past and stuff. I like to take a extra step to the side to make sure someone's feeling better, even if it's, like, you know, not even a task. It's all a difference, man. No, oh, it does. If someone – you are a great light. Of doing that, like a million percent. Yeah, exactly. You, <laughs> I, you see me sad, and you come up, you give me a hug, and it does make me feel better. And just like you know, even I was upset yesterday, right? And then I come in. Uh, Who was it? <laughs> well, yeah, but I come in to like help Todd or to sorry. I come in to train Sam. And, like, you know, just being around Todd. Young, and young taco just, boy. Yeah, and just sassing out with Todd for, like, 15 minutes made me, like, you know, happy. And I left, like, with my head held high, and, like, I got to sleep on, like, a decent, like, cloud that night. So, thank you. You are a good representation. You are the opposite of someone who annoys you, and I think that's usually the case. We said it a little bit earlier, and then I want to hear your take, but um, you said it earlier you wanted to get to know me. But basically, you can say sum me up in a really short sentence, which is – what you see is what you get with me. Yeah, one hundred percent. Because, but it takes it takes a while to get there. Completely. I don't think it took me a while. I think as soon as I started working here, we bonded very quickly. Yeah. I mean, I've heard good reviews from you from Sam, and Sam is like someone that you know can shroud his like being with like a customer servicey voice because he's been in retail so long that like he's like hey man yeah well it's great <laughs> yeah but like <laughs> just very squeaky clean for and sure. it's like he, and it's like there's times where he could like really just be himself and be comfortable and i think that you've already kind of given his, like he's like yeah todd's the best <laughs> and that's like you know well, that's for, very that's yeah. very sweet because it, it's like you know he can't – sometimes he talks to our other coworkers and is like, yeah, I'll do whatever you need. Or he'll talk to the customers and be like, yeah, let's do it. But, like, to you, he's just like, I'm hanging in there, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is my third job. I've been working for eight hours today. Uh, yeah, he, he goes in. Well, it's not it, impossible. It's not impossible. Um, so now I want to go into type five. fucking hard. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't wait. <laughs> Todd, type five, not what you think it is. This is a oh, – this shit. is a yeah. it. It's a stand-up reference. You know, type five right. minutes. It's just kind of like I we're going to ask you too. a good, good performer boy. We're going to ask you Might be different. five questions. <laughs> um, That's off, Five questions off top. Just kind of give us your gut answers. Uh, you don't know the questions. Okay. We barely know the questions, but we're still going to kind of rifle it off. Um I want to ask. Have to close, I don't have to no, close. no, you don't have to no, cover no. your face. No, 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 no. This isn't one of those kind of situations. <laughs> um, 
I want to basically start off, Typhi, with asking you my first question, which is simply, you grew up where? Swayze, Indiana. Swayze. How does a boy from Swayze, Indiana make it to the, San Francisco? The cornfields of Indiana. <laughs> cornfields of Indiana. Yeah, the birthplace of basketball. Especially with it. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, well, talking about basketball. Well, Bowling we'll harder like the paces. Shows <laughs> uh, <Just laughs> the future. I grew up on the farm, uh, but always had an acting bug passion at the back of my mind. You know, always performing and being out there. (laughs) uh, So it it just got really small for me. So I went to college in Chicago and um, studied acting there. Great place for acting, improv, everything. Acted as much as I wanted to there because it's really accessible there. And did a couple national tours. And while I was traveling the United States, I saw San Diego and, no. and out. loved San Diego. Really? But then came out here for a three-day weekend. I was like, no, I like this better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> San Diego is we'll, we'll never we'll, a place I would well, like to go. Well, it was sunny. It was sunny and warm down there. But then I came up here and I was like, oh, but I like the water, too. And yeah. It's more mild. So. And you have Camp Pendleton. Um, so we'll dive, <laughs> we'll dive, we'll, uh, we'll dive into that uh, in a second. Okay. Uh, the second Type 5 question, this is uh, a segment – it, within a segment kind of called Comedy Bang 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 Bang, where we take uh, yeah, one of our favorite features from one of our favorite podcasts and reiterate these crazy would-you-rather questions. Okay. Um, and we all kind of get a chime in on this one. Okay. So, would you rather have to comment on everyone's teeth when you meet them for the first time or only be able to quote lines from Shrek 2? <laughs> comment on the teeth. Why? Comment on the teeth, Why? Because I didn't like Shrek at all, either one of them. <laughs> Especially Shrek 2. Especially yeah. Shrek 2. No the smash mouth in that one. <laughs> <laughs> the most vile of the trilogy. What about you guys? I would probably... Uh, I don't know where it would get me in life if I could really recite lines from Shrek 2. <laughs> but I feel like just being like, you have beautiful teeth. I feel like that what if somewhere <laughs> one time. What if the teeth aren't beautiful and you have to be honest? Do you have to be honest about them or are you just making random ass comments about these teeth? Because that changes everything. It says comment. It doesn't really. It doesn't I've got really a great dentist. <laughs> I need it actually <laughs> off mic. <laughs> no, I was saying that's a question you could ask. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do need. Uh, <laughs> no, when you find one, let me know because I'm not would you ra- okay I want to ask I want to ask less tight guys I want to I want to ask one more I want to ask we're loosening up I want to ask one more okay uh, would you rather have all of your electronics be made of food or have a furniture set made of human bones <laughs> I would these pro- are my choices these, these are, are your choices, choices. <laughs> um uh, electronics made of food I think that's pretty great, although I don't like having easily accessible snacks. Exactly. That's my big problem is that I'm going to lose my electronic products super quickly. Whereas on the other end of the spectrum, I can have the furniture set of human bones. I can cover it up with a fucking blanket. Nobody will know, you know? And then I'll be chilling. It depends where these uh, human remains are coming from, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It could be something cool, like you know, like the catacombs in France, or it could be like I just killed somebody and made a furniture set out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's like my, a different my, sort of vibe. I told my mom my stepdad was a murderer when I first met him because he had a lamp that was made of like you know some hide of an animal, but it looked like human <laughs> flesh. And I was like, that is the worst thing I've ever seen. Actually, knocked it over and broke it on purpose. Fuck that guy. He's a jabroni. Hey, Fuck my stepdad. I I hate my stepdad too. I point. Fuck my stepdad. No, I hate my real dad. Oh, <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> Top. Of the can I? Can I? Okay, so I. 
I my third question in type five for you is: Would you ever be open to acting on screen? Yes. I've definitely thought of th- the reason I bring this I up know, is I've definitely thought of this like uh, weird, sh- like not even a short, but just like a, an indie flick because I know it's super easy to make something like that, especially here. It's just like a movie about a young stand-up comedian who meets an older head stand-up comedian, and they kind of just spend one night bouncing from spot to spot to spot together. Yeah. And I think you would be a great uh, older lead comedian in that. And I actually have, like, written a little bit of it, but... Wow. Uh, <laughs> i do it in a second. But, uh, yeah, one of the, uh, <laughs> one of the like, jokes uh, your character would do on stage is, like, oh, I always wanted to be just like my father growing up. And everyone always called him a cocksucker, so I wanted to follow in his footsteps. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, sorry, totally random, no, that's, that's, uh, random, like, random bit. I like uh, that a lot. Number four, yeah. Uh, so you said you had an acting bug. How did you realize that that was what you wanted to do? And then after that, what kept you in it, if that makes any sense? It does. Um, it's the first real – well, okay. As a little kid, I didn't – know what a passion was exactly no that's what i'm saying say, how do you find your passion right because i think i'm still looking for that there was nothing there was no question that was always there and 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 when i got old enough i realized that it was an acting thing i guess even in bumfuck indiana <laughs> when literally you're school, yeah, literally literally bumfuck indiana cornfields of indiana and your you know english teachers and everything well it's a hard life you know and I said, <laughs> i'm gonna be an actor i want to be an actor when i you know well it's a hard life well you know, no shit, you know, and there is no, merit to some of that because then hard. they then they really make you hungry for it and they make you prove it to them, right? So there is something to that. Um, but then I realized it, it was the only thing I had ever thought strongly about, and yeah. I had to do it, you know, and I was hungry for it. Yeah, I'm very similar in a way of like I've known what I've wanted to do since I was five years old. Mm-hmm. Like my grandma, my godfather, my father, like everyone that would ask me is like, "What do you want to do when you grow up, Stevie?" And I'll be like. I want to direct movies. I just want to make – I want to be in that art form because that was all I consumed when I was yeah. a kid. And, like, I didn't want to be the person on the screen. I didn't want to be anything like that. I just wanted to be the person that was in control and could get their vision across. Sure. And still to this day, film school, post-film school, everything like that, like, that's still something I'm super passionate about. And, like, I don't know if you know this, but I actually moved up here to do stand-up comedy. That, really? that was the story. Yeah, that was back the home story. was that Steven was going to pursue stand-up in no San Francisco. Yeah, and I kind of got this job, like, right off the bat. And you can imagine what this place was like three years ago trying to figure itself out, oh, wow. let alone yeah. now. So yeah. it kind of just consumed me, and I was, like, so infatuated with, like, doing everything I can in the city. You know, I moved up here when I was 21, so, like, basically going from a place where you can borderline do nothing at 21 to coming here and being like, we could do whatever, kind of consume me. Yeah. And it's something I've always wanted to get back to. An do. insane difference. Yeah. It's something that I've always wanted to get back to. And, like, I was still always kind of in the scene. Like, I'd go to all the underground shows. I still do sometimes. But, like, that's something that I wish I could pursue again and something that I do want to yeah. uh, do. It's just, you know, with my work schedule, it's hard to stay up till 11 hoping to get a spot when I wake up at 4.30 four, in the morning. Yeah. yeah. Well, and there always will be those things to have to wrestle with. Yeah. I've told myself for the last however many years now since I put myself in retirement to be yeah, out here yeah, to yeah. San Francisco uh, that I wasn't doing it for the same reasons that I used to do it originally. And so in some ways that therapy was over for me. So why would I still be doing it, right? Yeah. Uh, until I can answer that question, I can't get back into <laughs> yeah. it. You know what I mean? Because it is such a sacrifice, but it's such a powerful thing, and I know it's what my calling is. 
I just don't know how to get there right now. So I'm working on that. Well, well maybe we can help each other. A source of inspiration. Yeah, for sure. And for me, it's just like I moved up here and I saw stand-up and, like, it was not jabronis doing it in Long Beach for fun. It uh-huh. was, like, it was. dudes that have been, like, grinding in this alt scene up here for a while and, like – there was a real community back mm-hmm. home. It was like the Orange the, County scene. I've been a mem- been yeah. been you you've know. done a couple. I've minutes done. Upstage, I've, done yeah. I've done at least ten. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Did you enjoy it? No, I don't think. Um, and we're both big fans of comedy. But I'm a huge fan of comedy, but that's where I think I love. Uh, I've always loved podcasts more than actual stand up. So I think yeah. this is just the form where I come out more. I don't think I'm a kind of guy that can write something funny necessarily i think i'm more of just like a conversationally enjoyable person to listen to that's like I would the, agree with that. that's like the the bridge that i had across is like when i would do it in in long beach i would always like ride my moped i used to ride a moped <laughs> literally like 10 miles was that cool like back then it wasn't it, no no <laughs> no uh but i used to like ride this moped around and i would like go like 10 miles into long beach and do like Five, six minutes, and then, yeah, one time I completely bombed. Um, the only time I, like, I bombed, you know, you bomb when you're starting off. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes I would do well. Uh, but a funny story, like, the worst time I've ever bombed is I went to something called, like, Chocolate Tuesdays or something in Long Beach. <laughs> I had a friend at OCC, the college that we yeah. went to. And Shuts he was, out. Shuts he was out. like, hey, I've got an open spot if you want to come through. It's at this spot in Long Beach. And um, I, like, Went down there, looking good. You know, you walk through the back, so I didn't know what the crowd was like. And he's like, you're going to go on in, like, three people because I was late because of the moped. And, you know, I, I walk <laughs> out on stage, you know, in a flannel, some jeans, just looking like a real white jabroni. And you can only imagine the kind of crowd that shows up to something Chocolate called Tuesdays. Chocolate Tuesdays. <laughs> uh, and I'm in the green room, and there's, like, you know, there's some Latin comics, some black comics, and it's me and, like, this one other white dude who I've seen before. And, like, his stuff's kind of out there, but, like, Still could play in like a club, and I walked out, and I absolutely. I think some guy was. I I never heard an audible boo, but that was. (laughs) I did. I did. I I never got a boo. There is worse. But I got groans, and that's when I was like, "Oh, I'm out." Mm. (laughs) And then I, I like literally like Apollo theatered Sandman myself (laughs) off the stage. I was like, "All right, that's my time." No light, and then the guy was like in the back of the room, and I was like, "Okay." And then I got on my moped. I just remember listening to like heavy like. Actually, not heavy. I was listening to the Tron Legacy soundtrack, just going. Just Olivia Wilde. But let's get into the last part of Type 5 because now we're on right. Sorry. Question number five of Type 5 at 51 minutes, guys. Todd, if you knew that you were going to die. 24 hours from now where would you be 23 hours from now no restrictions on travel no restrictions on any sort of possibility of any substances you could get a hold of if you were to die 24 hours from now where would you be in 23 anywhere anything the perfect scenario (laughs) i would be in the cornfields of indiana italy no oh my mom and sisters and vince and Part of his family. <laughs> what part of Italy? I don't know because I don't know Italy that well. <laughs> But I know my Just mom wants somewhere. to go. <laughs> yeah. And hasn't been. And um, be there with them. And just kind of fade off into the night? Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> I love it. I don't it. think I would want to mask it in any way. I would want to have the full experience. Right. Yeah, exactly. 
And uh, that's a like wow. thing that we see. There's some people that are like the, the younger what? people that we ask are like, like, oh, I'd be, f- I'd Jared, be on so many yeah, drugs. Jarrett was like, I'd be fucking smacked in Germany, <laughs> upside down. My brain wouldn't even be working. I'd have a shirt on my legs and pants on my arms. Like, and we're like, we're like, <laughs> yeah. some, And a lot of people are like, I'd be with my family. So yeah. it's funny to see the juxtaposition between yeah. people. It's, um, it's usually one of those two. It's yeah. either I'd be with my family or I'd be fucked. Or on I drugs. wouldn't remember. The, the last 24 hours. Well, I was yeah. also very specific about which family. So no, which exactly. Family Perfect. Did. No, and that's good. And that's yeah. good. Um, so let's get into it real quick. You said I want people to get to kind of know you better. I want to get to know you better. I've kind of got some questions. Uh, it's funny. I've actually kind of asked a couple of the people that we work with, like, what is something you've <laughs> always wanted to know about Todd? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've talked about this before. Like, I've always wanted to know the Toddessy. How did you get – What is the, the story? Yeah. How did you get – Homer's the Toddessy from Indiana. So we know that you grew up in Indiana. Mm-hmm. You probably left to do your theater stint after college, right? Like yeah. post-Chicago. So after Chicago, where did you go? What, what? Y- what year is Chicago? So Chicago was 82 to 96. Wow. Okay. Shouts out to all the music coming out of there during that time. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and 96 moved out here. Okay. House music, baby. Okay. And have been here for the last San Francisco years. being here. Yeah. yeah. And um, that's 20. But you were. But I left acting. But you left acting to come up here. Yeah. Um, but what about. So okay. what I want to know. Is this is not like, a good city to act in? I was spoiled in Chicago. Yeah. Chicago is more accessible. Here you get the tours coming through. And yeah, there are local theaters. And I think, but you have to be really hungry to do those. I'm not hungry anymore, you know, and it, because it's going to be such a sacrifice to get back into it. To do something like you're suggesting or to do even a one-man show, yeah. let's say a cabaret act. Yeah. I yes. could do that. I would love to do that. But it's going to be on my time. It's not going to be sacrificing anything. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be a celebration more than anything else. Uh, but it's not going to be a job per se. How long was uh, the tour, touring with shows and stuff like that, how long was that? And how, like extensive was the process like were you going to city to city and was spending like a chunk of time there so it was two different tours they were okay. two completely different experiences if you can imagine different, that because like shows yeah two different shows one was barnum uh both musicals one was barnum and the other was secret garden okay one uh basically the the people were really fun in it because it was an ensemble show the other it was more fun because the show was better, yeah. <laughs> but the people were shitty. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so here you are traveling along in this bus, in this this petri dish, you know, spending every day together. You're in one night towns because usually they're uh, university towns, right? College yeah. towns. Uh, your set's traveling ahead of you, setting up before you get there the next day. You're you're spending the night in a hotel, getting up the next morning, traveling to the next space, and then performing the show. Uh, so those were that was nine months for each one of them. Wow! So so eighteen months altogether. And all then you would go all over the place. All over, all over the United States. What's yeah. what's like a low? What's your like favorite story or a couple? One of them. What, what comes to mind when you think of like your time out on the road? Rude ones. Um, couple. Okay, a couple. One is that it was very anxiety inducing when you first go out on tour because every venue is different right yeah so you have a call board where when you arrive or the cast arrives you got to check the notes for the day of what's been changed to fit the space so sometimes it's choreography sometimes you're missing a wall because they couldn't they fit it in or whatever 
so that's all fine and good. For the first six weeks, you're all anxiety-ridden. After that, you walk in, you take – it's like you're smoking a cigarette. You walk in, it's like, ah, yeah. okay, we got sure. this. <laughs> you know. So that's kind of fun. But with Secret Garden, we would arrive some places, and we couldn't get these big, ornate walls in there, these big rock walls, right, <laughs> that were supposed to, in the end, for the finale, uh, pay off with all this big, flowery, you know, set pieces. There was one place that couldn't get any of the set in. So we were here miming or just imagining, projecting this luscious set, which wasn't there. And it was the most, the most humiliating things. Because here were all these people paying like 30 or $50 yeah. for tickets with nothing on stage. And us going, ooh, look at the pretty garden. Look at the pretty garden. It's, I mean, beautiful show. but um, So that's one thing that stands out. Um, I don't know if I can tell Any, you the other story. <laughs> sure. Why? Just give it, tell it, baby. This is the internet. No holds barred. No, no, no. no. Any, any. Is there any like, you know, looter stories or anything like that? Like, is there? It would give us something. Give us something juicy. There was, was, there was the one night that, and I didn't do this at all. So it was funny that it happened to me. But the one night that I did decide to go out after the show and hook up with some person, uh, (laughs) spent the night, and then arrived to you know got back to the hotel to find out the call time had been changed to earlier. And the whole bus was sitting there waiting <laughs> for me. And you like walked up shamed into the bus. My roommate had packed my bag for oh, me. What a guy. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, that was about it. <laughs> yeah, that was very embarrassing. And I was I got on the bus saying, You guys, I'm so sorry. I'm just so I know this is bad. I'm just so sorry. <laughs> and they were probably just awful. like they were it's like, okay. hey. we get it. Yeah, they did. Exactly. Exactly. And then, so you've been in San Francisco since what year? 96, you said? 96. Yep. And how have you seen the city change from Fuck that? Because we, the second episode we ever did was actually um, our, my friend Manny, who's lived here his whole life, mm-hmm. um, which is like, I think like uh, 88. So, he, but at a kid, he was a kid back then. So, like, from you being an adult from 96, how have you seen this place kind of shift in 20 years basically now? Well, I've, I've seen it shift in a couple different ways uh, from a couple different standpoints because I was a late bloomer as far as like, um, you know, sort of experimenting and sort of being out there and sort of having different. And this is a city that very much embraces yeah. you and exactly. pushes you to your exactly. yeah. yeah, Not only embraces it and accepts, but encourages, I yeah. think. Right. And that was, you know, around 2000, the millennium, and there were a lot of South the of Market millennium. dance. <laughs> Y2K. South, Y2K, right. South of Market dance clubs. Oh, yeah. Big drug scene down there, yeah. you know. Um, Where and, out. If you guys are in that scene, <laughs> hit me up. I'm trying to get into that scene. <laughs> uh, but great dance music at the time. You know, yeah. This is 96 to 2000. Pump up the jam, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those dance divas, <laughs> house one. divas, you know. Oh, uh, I know. When Whitney was still alive and good. Oh, and <laughs> yeah, no, no, no blow for Whitney. No back blow there. for Whitney. But um, yeah, so when I first arrived here, I mean, it was such a sort of magical city that people would go, or cars, people driving their cars would stop halfway. The length of the road to let you cross in front of them, whether you were in a crosswalk or yeah, not. Right. It was so, it was so just sort of aware and just sort of otherworldly that people were considerate of each other. You know, there was like was a real sense magical, of community back then. Exactly. Yeah. Then the dot commers came. Of course. 
And what year did you notice that really happening? Well, right away because I mean they had already gotten yeah. here. I expected just to be able to waltz into any place, just like in Chicago, and just be able to get an apartment. Yeah. There were at least 50 to 100 people at every place I went to see, and a lot of them they would pay a year in advance. That's, That's what I think we're looking at. Exactly right what me and Steven are dealing with right now, trying to find a place to move out to. We That's went to okay. see a place, and all of these yuppie motherfuckers in suits that were ready to buy out a three-bedroom mm-hmm. apartment to themselves uh, we were just like, what? <laughs> yeah. overwhelmed us. We – Walked in solemnly with our heads down, looked at everybody else that was prospective of this apartment, took our flyer, and fucked off into the night yeah. uh, because we just we just knew. We were hoping what, something falls into our lap, but, like, I can see how that could be weird back then. Is like you probably thought that it was an, e- an easy place to find a spot. And I it was wasn't. very naive. Even though I was yeah. older, I was just very naive. Um, I didn't re- – there was no reason why I thought that it should be any different than, than – especially a smaller version of what I thought yeah. Chicago was. Anyway – it is physically smaller, right? Yeah, Over seven here? by seven. I mean, is San Francisco and Chicago is a sprawl, sprawling? Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's not like L.A. L.A. is a hell L- of a sprawl. It's a hell of a sprawl. Uh, sprawl. Chicago is more neighborhoody. Yeah, uh, and I, that, that's you know, interesting. That's why it's accessible. Southside, Northside, all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, Andersonville, which is the lesbianville. Uh, really, Boys Town, which is like Halsted, North Halstead and Broadway and all that area. Um, we should live in They're fun. We should, we should check it out. Um, I, I'm I sure it's a different world than the one I was yeah, yeah. This is Chicago. Just like this is a different world here. When I went back into the Oh, this is a different again, fucking world. This last year, totally different world. And I've been in it for the last 20 years, you know? Yeah. I've been here. Uh, anyway, so the other thing that changed was that they got rid of all the big dance clubs south of Market. Brutal. And went through and got cleaned up a lot of drugs. And, and Bummer. You know, now no it's judgment there at bougie all. Place it's just to live a different too. world. Yeah, yeah, Soma. Oh my God. So well, I mean, there's some there's some clubs that still survive there, there that, right? That really took out what most of those what dance clubs. There? Mezzanine. Yeah, yeah. Mezzanine. Um, ten fifteen. Ten fifteen. Glass Cat. Glass Cat. Or Black Cat. I don't know. Black Cat. Or I, both, that. I know. I know. Mezzanine is a place where every big dance music show DJ whatever that I've ever wanted to go to in San Francisco has been there. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, – since I've lived here in, in the past six months, so yeah. what do I know, you know? Would you say that it's changed – I mean, not for better or for worse, but more like – do you think that it is a positive, all this shit that's been going on? And do you think that, you know, all these dildos coming in and stuff like that, like – because, I mean, keep in mind, we came out here just to pursue a uh, life. Just like, for big city life. Yeah, we, we didn't come up here. We didn't really associate with L.A., but, like, we come up here to do this. And, like, you know, we're not necessarily out here for the new era gold rush, as they call no, it. No, abs- I'd say we're especially not yeah. dot-commers. Yeah. Um, I think it's evolved. <laughs> evolved? I think it evolved, yeah. And I – and – what was going on then at that time was not sustainable as it was. Yeah. You know, so nor should it have been. Uh, I am a firm believer of everything in moderation or anything yeah. in moderation. So, you know, if you sustain that too much longer, it would have been really, really a lot worse than it was. But anyway, I had a great time during that period. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, I can imagine. And I look back at it fondly. It's just like when you look nostalgically back at a time in your life. It's yeah. just different now. Yeah, you know, it's just, hindsight's it, it twenty twenty. It evolved with like a beautiful lens over it at the same time. Um, I just want to ask one more story because this okay. is my favorite story that you can possibly tell. Um, how did you meet? 
your partner Vince. <laughs> this is one of my favorite Todd stories. Speaking of big dance club, the South of Market. Yes. It was it was nineteen ninety nine. Y two K. Y two K. The night of. No, I, I think I've heard the. And at the time, you could get like three day passes for these big dance club weekends, right? Sure. Yeah. And I was with a friend um, who was from Sacramento, and we were getting ready for the countdown. You know, ton of people, guys and girls, and there was the countdown starting, people rushing to the dance floor, right? I mean, there yeah. must have been like 500 people in the space, yeah, right? Yeah, I've definitely... I'm painting the picture here. You know, it was sweaty. You know, it was so moist. You know, the ceiling's dripping, which was kind of gross. But oh. anyway, so, but I'm painting Sometimes the picture, that's right? that's what happens. Oh. That's what happens, especially Y2K. So, um, so everybody's on the dance floor. It's counting down to midnight, Y2K. Uh, all of a sudden, the lights go out, you know, and it's Happy New Year. The lights come up, and everybody's kissing each other, right? And there's this... Um, guy standing next to me i could see he's trying to get to his friends over there across the room but there was just no fucking way because you know, there's, yeah, there's too, so many people many people right and i was like man he's got this mermaid tattoo on his right shoulder and it's got a nice <laughs> back and he's gonna have oh. nobody to kiss and i never do this shit but i was like oh this guy needs a <laughs> y2k kiss yeah so like, hey happy new year so i gave him a kiss and and uh all of a sudden there were these like uh really buff guys up on these big towers <laughs> near the ceiling with wings and fog coming across the ceiling and lightning, yes. actually man-made lightning coming across the ceiling. And we kissed again, and then we didn't see each other for a few hours. <laughs> and then came back the next night, and the rest is history. Wow. Beautiful. Man. I, I Absolutely <laughs> fucking beautiful. And I kid you not, and I am a big exaggerator, but I'm not exaggerating anything. Yeah. Exaggerating anything. That's Do you funny. think that when you saw him again, like, the next day, did, were you nervous at all to go up and talk to him? Or was it more oh, yeah. just like – was like Well, but I was still in that mindset of fuck you know, it. get over yourself. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Do take, the opposite do something of what you would do. Than, exactly. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, let's get into uh, some listener questions real quick. Let's. I want uh, Todd's opinion. This is kind of where we let people submit questions, which you can always do at twobrokefortherapy.com slash submit. Um, we always appreciate questions. You guys have been killing it. Uh, we just started back up kind of for the new year. So yeah. uh, we are kind of empty in our hopper. If you guys could shoot us some more, that's always uh, a big help for us. And we love you guys for doing it. So uh, thank you very much. And thanks for everybody who gave us good reviews about last week's episode. Um, definitely got a lot of, a lot of uh, good ones. positive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was good. Um, so I'm excited. Uh, let's get into these questions. <clears throat> so the first question was asked by Bill Sorry. All right? Not Bill Murray, not Bill anything, but Bill Sorry, which I think is what they were going My for. My bad. My bad. Um, and the first question is, in general, uh, I want to ask somebody out. Is like, it too late now to say, say sorry? Sorry. Um, hey. Favorite song of 2016, <laughs> probably. We try. Um, we do sing quite a bit on the podcast. <laughs> Honestly. Sometimes we'll be like, oh. Um, my mom used to say I'm a beautiful singer, and now she just doesn't. Think I'm not. The thing anymore. that made me sing was my sister saying that. What are you trying to do? Sing? <laughs> like, and bitch, like, yes. <laughs> and like, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but it was not that complicated. <laughs> Bill, <Wow>. sorry. Um, <laughs> Bill, sorry. Asks. <laughs> I'm trying to ask somebody out, but I'm not quite sure how to do it. Do I subtly wait and then ask them to hang out, or do I just straight up say, "Can we go on a date?" If you guys could give me some advice, that would help me out. I'll just straight up say I'm someone who likes to kind of ease into it. I'd never want to be super upfront, but 
it depends on how well you know the person. If you know the person, you want to get to know them before you ask them out just to feel comfortable around them to do so. That's one thing. But I also feel that there's some opportunities where it's just like you know that this person is interested in you and that's exactly what they want to do. And if you feel that vibe right off top, I say you just go for it and be like, hey, let's go see a movie. Let's go like on a date. Like I'm someone who's been doing this kind of recently and like trying to figure this out, right? Sure. And, you know, I feel like a casual conversation or like a casual like nudge into like actually doing something and, and hanging out at least once on like a casual setting is going to be able to kind of set the tone for – how the relationship can go in the future. Not only that, but also kind of set the tone for like, oh, maybe this person doesn't like me or maybe I don't vibe with them with that, but then it kind of comes across where, oh, we do vibe together. We should keep pursuing this. I'm definitely more on the keep it casual spectrum of things until you really get um, – A spark? Well, I'm always, I've always been one that's – Pretty much every relationship has been – I stick around and then like we keep it cool and then I get like I need a very visceral, very sort of clear response from the other person that they want me to pursue or like yeah. move on further and then I go through and do it. I'll I'm never bold enough to just go out and just like put my arm around your shoulder and be like, Hey babe, let's let's go out. You know, <laughs> let's like that's just not me. I always like I'm friendly, you know, I'm nice, you know. Oh, okay, like yeah, you're cool, let's let's talk, we'll text or whatever, but I need Personally, I always need a, a very, very clear sign of consent pretty yeah, much yeah. from the other person before I go ahead and do anything of the such because, you know, I've always been friends with girls uh, like in high school and middle school and stuff like that. And then just always hearing them tell stories about like, oh, this creep. Mm-hmm. Basically, anybody yeah. that they didn't like that went up to them and tried was a creep right so i've always been afraid of being that creep um which i think now is a little unfair to yeah the people that literally are just just trying to go out and meet people i understand that now but i'm always from uh i always come at it from a more defensive stance like i'm i'm very similar to you in that way yeah just trying to protect myself and your opinion of me maybe um because at the end of the day i'm not out here every Every friendship with a girl that I make isn't doesn't need to end up being romantic, but in case I would like it to, I would like you to show me that you would like it to first before we. Yeah, I mean, I'm in a situation right now where, pe- like, literally almost eighty percent of the people I talk to are like, "She's into you," and I like just don't have the confidence to go forward with it. She's into you. I know. I'm hopefully gonna have the confidence to go through with it, but. I don't know. I'm kind of don't want to be a creep, right? Like I don't want to scare no, exactly. that person away. And not only that, but I like just don't want to uh, be the intimidator. Like I'd really just rather hang out and then see where it goes. Do you guys feel like you guys are creepy guys? I don't feel like we're creepy guys. I just feel like it's just so like – The act of it's so trying e- to start dating somebody inherently can come across co- – come across, come across as creepy. But we also come from a place that people are so quick to – assess you as a creep sure like they're just like oh this guy's trying to hit on me or like oh this guy like liked my instagram photo we're from and a then, smaller community sort of where and where word gets passed around quickly yeah it's like oh yeah that guy tried to hit on you know megan like what the heck and it's just like you know you're toast two comments one yes. um straight gay by whatever you are yeah. a relationship's a relationship and interaction with another human being is the same across the board i that's been my life experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, two, 
that as long as you show up as yourself and you're genuine, that's, you have nothing to fear. I mean, it's th- only ever gone well for me by being me, very much unapologetically me. Yes, and that's and that's not to say that that you're unaware and at all costs you are you at the expense of the other person, but you're showing up and you're being real and you're. You're in the moment. I think that's what it really takes, too, is, like, you know, hanging out with that person once outside of whatever confine that you met them. Like, it could be, you know, school, work. It could be even, like, meeting with other friends. But it really takes, like, a one-on-one hangout interaction, like Todd said, to really be able to gauge because it's, like, this is me being myself around you. Because, I mean, I'm someone who I could be one way around some, like, one girl and then be kind of a different way based just off the general vibes with another girl and And that doesn't mean that you that you are around one girl in the way that you are i think this is something because i'm similar in that it's like it's not like that isn't you it's all different versions of you yeah it's like how but i find solace in the girls that i can actually be me around sure and that's like what i kind of have started to look for like i want someone that does kind of well vibe with me and like the stuff i like a question i have is which version of that is which I would say the try-hard must try to impress, must try to have That's good. like when you don't no, that's, do well? No, that's or, when I don't do well. Yeah. When I'm just like, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you yeah. okay? Is everything? But if I'm myself and if I'm just like very comfortable in being like, this is me. I'm doing this tonight or you're super cool and like we vibe and we'll like we understand each other. That's like when it's yeah. – I love I you. I think that might be why I'm very sad right now because <laughs> uh, I feel like it was definitely for me very much like that. And that's until this morning. when your heart breaks the most is when you were set up like that. Like I feel like in relationships where I've been with people, like even my past relationship in a way, like I was very like, you know, quick to get on one knee and be like, let me help you out. Like, let me help them out. Let me do everything. And I think that that kind of led to like there was sympathy to me because I was helping everybody. And like mm-hmm. I feel like that can kind of drive that. And that's not really – you know, I am very helpful and I am very quick to help you if you need it. But at the same time, I feel like I was too much of like a lap dog when I should have been more of like, you know – More independent. As the great offset would say, bitch, I'm a dog. Woof. Woof. Grr. Grr. Um, anyway, that's a perfect way to end that question. Um, and then let's get into the last listener question. This one they didn't give us a name, so I'm going to ask Todd. Do you have a favorite film character of all time? doesn't have to be an actor no i do have a favorite role though i I often thought that i wanted to at some point in my life i would like to play sweeney todd sweeney todd Todd. sweeney todd sweeney todd barbara fleet street (laughs) the dream of bubble have you ever seen the uh office episode Uh oh Oh, i will literally download it illegally and send it to you (laughs) it is uh a character in that show andy who's very into musical theater and stuff like that he's in a local production of sweeney todd (laughs) and the so Sweeney Todd asks – this is actually kind of funny since he is the demon barber of Fleet Street. He has a job. Um, how do you – we've kind of talked about this on the podcast before. People do submit questions about this and stuff. It's just kind of like how do you feel comfortable in the workspace this is the summary of this question. It's just when in a work environment do you find yourself comfortable? Because this person is kind of coming from a place where they're in an environment and they like it, but they don't feel comfortable. They don't quite know if their uh, coworkers like them or not, and you know they kind of feel like that could lead to them being terminated. Um, for us, I mean, we kind of all work in one big cuddle puddle. I've said it before. Like, everyone does love each other. Yeah. Um, even people that we don't like that much, we still kind of like, you know? 
Um, yeah. So it's, they get let go, but we like them but until we still they get like, let go. Yeah, exactly. And I feel just jumping into it. I Unless guess. you're wearing a fucking bow tie. <laughs> bow tie music. Shout out to Kendra, who was also sitting right across from us before oh, this episode. Yeah. Um, but just in shouts out to Ken. Shouts out to Kendra. Just in general, the target lady. <laughs> I just want to say, do you, is she the target lady to you? You think she's? She, we both laugh about it. Really? Yeah, because she thinks so too. You think she's the Kristen Wig? Yeah, she's so kinda, much. She is kind so of Kristen much. Wig. Yeah, she can kind of. I can kind of see it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but how do you find balance in the workplace? For me, I just kind of find balance in my common folk. Like, I like to be in the trenches with my homie. No, yeah. one thing that I can say is that whenever anybody asks me how I'm doing, mm-hmm. I fucking tell them. I'm, I've been better. I'm I not doing fair. good. I'm mad. I'll say that to every person. The, a brand new coworker, first time ever working with them. How are you? <laughs> I'm fucking miserable. <laughs> All right, let's work the next five hours together. <laughs> like, that's, just, like, that's the one thing that I can do to make me feel better is yeah. just letting it out there. Either way, we have to work this you know, yeah. shift yeah. together. Honestly, you might as well put everything that. out there. Honesty is hand-in-hand hand with respect. Yeah. You know? A million yeah. percent. I'm not going to lie to you and pretend like I am happy to be – you know, closing with this person that has never closed before, and I'm yeah. going to be here till 11:45. You know, I'm going to tell you, I'm mad that they made us do this together, <laughs> and let's just try to get through it. Yeah, and at least you have that one person with you to like kind of also feel for you and also help you, right? Because like they're they, in the same boat as yeah, you. Yeah, the same boat as you. And we that, all are working together. Exactly. We're all achieving, trying to achieve the same yeah. goal. And that's why I like being in the trenches. And I think if you ever really do feel like you're uncomfortable in the workspace and stuff like that, or just like. Any any kind of realm, it's just if there's someone above you or someone that you can kind of get some sort of like positive feedback from or even come to empowerment or like even some words of, words of encouragement, I say you go and you mm-hmm. try to confront those people and try to get some like positive like attitude. Like Walk to, around the block. Exactly. Today, get outside of the space. Yeah. Today for me, like I got nothing but positives told to me by the three bosses that we have, and that, like, helped me out immensely in just giving a shit about this place Mm -hmm. again. And, like, you know, me and Todd talk about it all the time. is like, appreciation is a big thing, and if you don't feel appreciated, is be the appreciator. Mm -hmm. That's something Todd is the king of, is, like, I tell (laughs) you – he literally tells people – I appreciate L- you. Last night, all all I was getting in between complaints about how piggish the customers were <laughs> was piggish. literally. He was like, "These the, they were pigs today." But I appreciate you <laughs> for being self sufficient. Thank you for being here with me tonight. Thank you for closing with me. Thank you for and that that it keeps you people propelled going. me. I, I was in a deep. De- it was all yesterday before I got dumped. Right? Yeah. It was all I could do to not break down. Before I started my shift, and the th- only thing that carried me through was being appreciated by a coworker that I appreciate so much. And that's – it's so important to establish those bonds, especially if you're in a, an environment that can make you feel like yeah. less than that or make devalued. you devalued mm-hmm. just by its very nature, just by being a job, just by being a part of a hierarchy. Right. Very co- or a lack gas, thereof. Very, yeah, exactly. Like the trial, just – Random. You're just thrown into this random bureaucracy thing, and then you're just you're just a victim. A cog. Of, you're just a cog and a victim of the politics that already exists. And then it's like, oh, what am I doing? What am I here for? Whatever. It's so important to and have these are... people in there, in the shit with you that make you feel better about being in the shit. I loved it, guys. I love all of you. I Me love too. the listeners. Continue to submit questions to brokertherapy.com/slash/submit. Submit. Make our day, and please. 
stop telling us to kill ourselves. I'm <laughs> over it. I'm over it. I it's guys, been a couple months. Names. It's give been a couple months. No, they don't give us names. <laughs> you can submit questions I'll anonymously. You. you, yeah, Todd's coming you. after you. <laughs> um, cool. So this is the part of the show where we like to give recommendations, kind of stuff that helped us get through this week, stuff that has been uh, motivating us, or it could be art, it could be a person, it could be anything. So um, I'll start off because. I have just been so encapsulated and in love and, like, still listening to the soundtrack every day when I wake up before I go to work. And I'm talking about my favorite film of 2016, La La Land. Yes! And I am the only reason I'm saying it. Exactly. And I know Todd gets me. (laughs) Trevor hasn't seen it. I made Trevor see Whiplash, the guy's uh, movie that he made previous to this. Um, And I know I'll take Trevor to see it in a couple of days. Um, But it's just, like, such a fucking piece of movie magic to me like i know people give it complaints but those are just haters like for me that movie is very real it encapsulates something that i feel the last 15 minutes is kind of how i feel about you know if i see this certain someone like all wrapped up into one like the final note on that piano key the look everything that like people say about love and stuff is kind of like put into that movie and like it's about making your dreams come true and trying to figure out if it's basically like love versus ambition and i think that that's what i take from that movie is do i pursue my dreams or do i pursue my dreams of being with someone that i truly love Mm -hmm. and that's what i took away from that and it's like a whole movie based around you know la which is an area trevor and i grew up around a lot of the landmarks i spent time at a kid you know they go to the observatory that was something i'd go once a week to with my dad Mm -hmm. in the summer and like Every aspect about it, like, it was just magical. And I still think about scenes of that movie. And I recently saw it with uh, somebody and, like, I don't know, just, like, sharing that movie experience because I originally saw it alone. Like, watching her react to the last 15 minutes and, like, all that stuff. Like, it's very real. And I'm glad to see that, like, it affects other people other than me. And I love it. The soundtrack's beautiful. I love Ryan Gosling is a comedic timing genius, I mm-hmm. feel, especially especially physically. Every time he, like, does one of these, <laughs> I'm in love with it. And Emma Stone, like Trevor says, uh, is a dream girl. Uh, her eyes alone uh, are national treasures. Yes. I wholeheartedly agree with that review. Yep. Uh, it breaks new ground in many, many ways. I mean, not to mention the fact that it takes musicals to a different level. Yeah. It's not what you'd expect, but it, it, it adds to what was already there in the genre. Um and both of the leads are not to mention the supporting cast, yeah. but both of the leads, John Legend, shout out, have exactly um, have broken new ground in their own careers yeah. because they're that much better actors since the last time we've seen them. Yeah, I mean they're, they've been good in the last two, yeah, two pieces together. Yeah, yeah, they did together. But Emma Stone's grown up virtually, yeah. you know, like fairly recently. Although she was a I was always reading for her over Jennifer <coughs> Lawrence. I didn't get Jennifer Lawrence at I all. I never got Still Jennifer don't. Lawrence. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm a girl. I act sometimes. I guess I'm funny. I farted once. Like, get the fuck out of here. And I like to drink a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's like I would <laughs> well, way. So I. Uh, There's nothing wrong with drinking a lot. I'm just. Like, but I'd way rather. Right like, now. I don't know. Emma Stone, since Easy A, which I saw three times in the theater, and I'm not ashamed to say it. Uh, and one of the first times I ever hung out with Trevor, we watched, we watched Easy A. Yeah. And, like, just from there, like, I mean, you know, even in Superbad, she was a babe. And, like, I'm just glad to see that she's come this far, and she is my favorite actress in Hollywood, probably. It right brings now. jazz to a whole new group of people. You too. know me, I love... We, yeah. TBFT is a big jazz family. Big, yeah, and I... I loved every aspect of it. I love the director. And, you know, he wrote that before Whiplash. Like, he w- wrote his 
Whiplash, his first movie, just because he wanted to give people confidence that he can make this. Seriously. Yeah, and the fact that it's an original piece of art, an original musical in a time full of fucking remakes, reboots. Like, I literally watched a trailer for Wolverine 8 today, which does look good. And I watched (laughs) a trailer for Power Rangers today, which is like, what the fuck? (laughs) So, like, the fact that all this exists and this movie can come out and be so critically acclaimed and loved and, like, you know, it's probably going to win the Oscar, won the Golden Globe. Like, and I think that it's just... It really did a lot for me, and this is a fucking year where I got a non-anthology or a non-like Skywalker story Star Wars film, which I love to death. Like me and Trevor had a blast at that. And, I like, don't really love Star Wars. I saw this movie and I loved yeah, every second wow, of it. Yeah, I thought it was probably the best Star Wars movie I've ever seen. Uh, it's up there for me too. And even the fact that that came out, this movie still has my heart for the year. Sure. Well, and it gives you permission to pursue your dreams. Yes, dude. You know. It's the reason I why we're here, really, right? Still think of that. <laughs> I don't get none it's of these. Okay. I don't get it. It's okay. City but is you will. I mean, and you're I'll also searching for what it. your yeah. passion is too. Right? Well, not even that. It's just I, d- I haven't seen the movies. Yeah. I literally haven't. I oh, don't well. know what you guys oh, well, are talking yeah, about. Right. But just know that you'll listen to the song "City of Stars" 150 times. Fuck sure. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, but that's my recommendation for the week. Uh, um, that and just Joel and B do trust the process. That's yeah. a deep cut. Um, but <laughs> yes. yeah, does anyone uh, have any recommendations? Anything that kind of you know? I know Trevor. It's just been waiting to get out to San Jose, baby. Yeah, I'm waiting to get out to San Jose. What I will say is, last night, um, inspired by. Uh, Sort of the reason why I'm not feeling that great today is that I started to like sort of look up the French writer Proust. Um, okay. And his like sort of philosophy on life. He wrote probably the, I think it's the longest novel of all time. It's like double the size of, of Warren Great Peace. Expectations and stuff like that. It's like a, like a billion or a million something, something words written over 12 years. And it's about this guy's journey um, in life and just on how to appreciate life and uh i think it's the beginning is like okay i gotta you know it's uh the search for finding acceptance in high society which could be compared yeah. right now to like celebrity status he finds that you know he rises up to the ranks in french society is not happy with these people they're not that's not fulfilling to him whatever he moves on he finds tries to find love that's a big part of it at the end of the day uh the romantic ideal of love is not fulfilling at the end, you know, either blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And then he settles on sort of uh, an outlook on life that sort of wants you to be more childlike. And mm-hmm. the thing about novelty, the thing about the thing about being an adult is that you're in a set of routines. You're not impressed by puddles by sand by bubbles know, bubbles whatever mm-hmm. kids are impressed by you know you the jingling you, of keys. you become <laughs> you know uh just more i don't know what i'm the word i'm looking for um, spoiled with your taste i guess and that's something that he he at the end of the day whatever i'm i'm you have, I, I haven't actually yeah. read anything by him i'm literally just reading synopses and biographies of this guy but the the main point I think of his work is that he wants you to – he thinks the gateway into that is to see the world like an artist does and not necessarily be an artist, not necessarily be a painter, not necessarily be somebody that creates something. But to be able – what artists do for him is they see the average in a whole new light. I love you. I love you too. Todd? I love you guys too. I love you too, dude. <laughs> anything to recommend? Anything that's made your week a little bit better? 
You guys. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. That's the first. Yeah, for real. No, really. I mean, today was the first time I heard your podcast. Oh, wow. Thank you. Um, you guys really got it going on. Um, Thank you so much. We try. I love the discussion being a part of it, but I also think I would really enjoy uh, being a listener and an avid fan. Um, I think you both have great on-air voices, but you also tell a great story, and you're very... It's nice to see you light up when you're describing something in storytelling. Uh, I think there's something there to pursue. So, Thank you. Yeah. We love you. We love you. Classic Todd <laughs> answer right there. Um, and, yeah, this is where we wrap it up, guys. We're this an hour 40 in, guys. Hey, this is going to be <laughs> an excellent It's going to be a long go. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, but this is uh, where we plug it up. This is where we end the show. We like plug to give people who plug it up. I put plug slash peg <laughs> on this one. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, I left mine at home. <laughs> I, I, I like to thank um, – oh, but, yeah, we like to give people uh, a place to kind of, like, put out wherever their social consciousness is or anything like that on the internet. Or if you have anything that you would like to plug at the end of the show, this is where to do it. Um, you can always follow the podcast at TBFT Podcast on Twitter. Uh, we have an Instagram, too. It's T00Broke as well. You could find me at Steven with a P-H. Baker, as in the profession, eight Stephen Baker eight on Twitter, and uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Dat McFly, which we always post like the links to this, and uh, you can always submit questions through the Twitter, through the website at twobrokefortherapy.com/slash/submit, and on Instagram too if you wanted to DM us. And anonymity is great; you can be yeah, anonymous, no, but they if you want to let us know who's asking through, a question, who, who I cares? want names. We want names too. They yeah. don't give us names, so they go through the website, which is fine. Um, uh, my Twitter's still private. I'm still self-conscious as all hell. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at alfpogs. That's A-L-F-P-O-G-S. If you're a dum-dum and you don't know what alf is and you don't know what pogs are. It's a cool Simpsons reference. Thanks, buddy. Todd? I'm hard to find. You're hard to find. Usually people <laughs> just shine. <laughs> yeah, you can find him at Workshop Cafe. Uh, if you 180 ever, Montgomery. Yeah. I think the, Sweet 100. <laughs> I think I have like a Todd signal on top of my house and just shine into the sky <laughs> if I need him. Um... <laughs> But, yeah, it's uh, been great, dude. Todd, uh, this is something Thanks that I've wanted to make happen yeah. forever. So, uh, And I'm sure this won't be the last time we have you on the podcast. I hope not. I hope not. Yeah, no, for I hope sure. Not either. And, hey, dude, we've always thought about recording a podcast at work, and it worked out, It dude. worked out. <laughs> like, I think we is, should <laughs> keep trying to do this. Yeah, this is fine. It's, it's great central environment. Great environment. If only we could drink here. And on that note, guys, I would like to say one thing. I am about to hit the lick. Before we hit Bart or whatever I, and go back home because just, I am sad and I need to be drunk. Yeah, I need right to now. probably drink a little bit more caffeine because I'm about to go deep into World War One, baby. I'm going to kill yeah. some Ottoman Empire scumbags. Right, um, right. And I'm about to hit San Jose, baby. I'm about to be smashing all fucking night. Shout out to the Sharks. Wish I had me an Adderall. Another. Then the cutest boy just recently added to the roster at our workplace. The man. The legend. The taco boy. Xander Wave. The most powerful twink in the DJ scene. I know He's it. out here. You know it. You Todd's love it. Todd's ready. He's drugging up right now in the bathroom. He's <laughs> slamming some ketamine. Just He's ready to go to a, oh a yeah, South of Market dance club to see Xander Wave spin. We're all waiting for it. <laughs> Pretty soon you'll it. see me and Steven up there, but right now it's not about that. It's about Sam. Dude, Todd's actually seen Sam DJ. I know. Yeah, it's amazing. He's, amazing. He's played. He, was. he literally Todd that was like, was it's pretty old school. The girl <laughs> old that school broke my heart. <laughs> Shouts out to that.